You are listening to the weekly podcast of Bethel Assembly, Sedalia, Missouri. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about the church, you can reach us at www.bethelassembly.info. I'm excited about today. I was praying with the staff um, earlier before the service and and one thing I began to talk about as we were gathered together, I said this, I said, this is the, probably the most important, or if not one of the most important services of our entire year. Why am I saying that? Well, we are right at the tail end of a missions emphasis. We take time every March to really emphasize the very heartbeat of God. Last week, we had a great missionary friend of mine, Andy Estrella. From MSU Chi Alpha. And by the way, if you missed last week, you miss a dynamic, dynamic service. God moved in this place and challenged us in a real way. I would encourage you to go back online and watch the service on social media, or you can watch it on our Facebook page or our website. Uh, just kind of get the heartbeat of what's happening. But today, I'm going to take the next few moments and I want to talk about the heartbeat not only of Bethel Assembly, but the heartbeat of God. The theme for 2018 missions endeavor for the Assemblies of God is this, every tribe, every nation. You see, missions is not something that's new to the church. For Bethel Assembly, it's been a calling that's been growing rapidly over the last several years. Maybe you've been alongside us. Maybe you've been in this journey. You've watched us move from here to here to here to where we currently are today. In fact, missions is the driving force behind everything we do as a church. Our mission as a church is this. Love, reach, and empower people of all cultures for Jesus Christ. That's our mission, to love, reach, and empower people of all cultures, leaving no one out, reaching beyond ourselves, reaching beyond these four walls, reaching beyond our community to make an impact for the kingdom of God, but not just an impact, a positive impact for Christ. Did you know there's a difference between making an impact and making a positive impact? Yes, now, if I asked for a couple of volunteers this morning and I had one stand here and another stand here and I told the one over here to make a fist and punch the other one, that would be an impact. Yes? But would that be a positive impact? I don't think so. Because I have a feeling this guy over here is going to retaliate and then we're going to have to have a healing service when all of this is said and done. There's a difference between an impact and a positive impact for Christ. And we as a church, we as Bethel Assembly, our heartbeat, our desire is to make a a positive impact, not only in our community, but around the world. That's our mission, to do all we can to, to love those around us, to reach beyond our comfort zone and to empower others to fulfill the calling that God has placed upon their hearts every tribe, every nation. But missions didn't start with the Assemblies of God. It didn't start with Bethel Assembly. In fact, let's look at the Assemblies of God. You go back to 19 and 14. The first general council of the Assemblies of God meeting in Hot Springs, Arkansas. It was in that group, in that moment that they gathered together and they so valued missions that they set it as one of the five most important reasons for gathering together. But I hear some of you right now, you're thinking in your mind, well, well, pastor, 
Our role as the congregation is just to, to come in on a Sunday morning and, and listen to some really good music. And, and on our purpose as a church is just to come in and, and listen to a message and, and possibly leave a little bit inspired. We pay you, pastor, to do missions. We pay our missionaries to do missions. But can I just tell you, that's where you're wrong. Well, I didn't get any amen out of that one. <laughs> you see, the Bible says that my responsibility, the, the pastor, the teacher, the evangelist, our responsibility is to equip God's people. Guess who that is? Yeah. To equip God's people to do His work and build up the church and the body of Christ. Therefore, it's our responsibility, the responsibility of the the church, not a physical man-made building, but we, the temple of the Holy Spirit, we, the, the church of the Almighty God, it's our responsibility to go out and make the impact for the kingdom of God, to, to build up the church, to reach out and bring in the lost, to, to love the unlovable, to reach the unreachable every tribe, every nation. It's our responsibility to work together. After all, missions is not a new idea. It's not even the latest fad. It's more than the heartbeat of Bethel Assembly. It's more than the heartbeat of the Assemblies of God as a whole. Missions, as it stands, finds its roots, finds its purpose in the heartbeat of God. That's what I want you to grasp this morning. Missions is so much larger than you and and me. Missions is so much grander than, than Bethel Assembly or the Assemblies of God as a whole. Missions is what God is all about. I want you to grab a hold of the heartbeat of this message this morning. Missions at its roots finds its place in the heart of God. How do I know this? John 3.16 says this. For this is how God loved the world. He gave. Are are you grabbing a hold of this? For this is how God loved the world. This is how much he loves you and you and you. This is how much God loves those outside of these walls. This is how much God loves every tribe and every nation he gave. He looked upon all of humanity and he realized there's a need. In an attempt to rectify that need, he sent Jesus to be the answer. Likewise, we are called to give. To give of ourselves, to, to give of our abilities, to give of our time, to give of our finances. Just give. So that others can come to that place of understanding and really knowing the goodness, the greatness, the mercy of God. For this is how much God loves you. This is how much God loves every tribe and every nation. He gave Jesus. Giving to reach beyond yourself. Giving to reach into that which seems unreachable. Let me show you 
where we currently stand as a church on missions. Before I do that, let me first off say thank you. Thank you to every one of you that have been faithful to giving to missions, to supporting our missionaries every month. We have a, a hall or wall of fame right outside of this room. As you exit the worship center on your left-hand side, there is a wall that, that holds every one of our missionaries. Why? Because we want to honor them. We don't want to quickly forget who they are. We want to put a, a face to what we give. We want to understand who it is that we're supporting every month. But let me tell you where we've been as a church. In 2012, as a church, we supported four missionaries or missions projects. The problem that I had with that is approximately half of the monies that were given to missions that year came out of the general fund. Let me explain. The general fund, as it stands, is set in motion to take care of the needs of the church. Missions should be a separate entity from that. Okay? Listen carefully. So about half of our missions giving was coming from the general fund. To date, though, we support 54 missionaries or missions projects. Isn't that awesome? But here's what's more exciting about that. In 2017, we were able to bring on six brand new missionaries. In fact, over the last couple of years, we have brought on every one of the new missionaries, the newly appointed missionaries that crosses the stage at our annual Southern Missouri District Missions Rally or Mission Service. Also, 100% of our missions giving is coming from our missions fund. The missions fund is, is supported by individuals like you and, and like me that give directly to missions. It doesn't come out of our general fund any longer. It comes directly from our heart, which, by the way, should be the heart of God. For this is how much God loved the world that he gave. Let me show you kind of a snapshot very quickly of where we've been over the last six years. 2012, we gave 7,900 and some change to missions. That's pretty good, right? The next year, 2013, we had just had our first annual, since I had been here, our first annual missions emphasis. We spent four weeks in a row that first April that I was here, and we brought in some dynamic missionaries. To me, some of the greatest missionaries ever. And out of that, we gave a little over $20,000 in 2013 to missions. That number continued to grow by about 300 the next year, and in 2015, $27,000 was given to missions. 2016, 71000 and some change was given to missions. In 2017, we gave $55,000 to missions. Isn't that amazing? Yes! Now again, I hear what's rattling between your ears this morning. You're thinking to yourself, well, pastor, that's great. But between 2016 and 2017, we dropped by about $16,000. Let me explain. In 2016, we took an international missions trip to Belize. All of the expenditures from that trip were included in our missions giving. Every other year, we take an international trip. This coming, this coming June, we're heading to Honduras. We'll talk more about that a little later. So every other year, we'll see that number jump just a little bit as those extra funds are included in our missions giving. But I am delighted to say that our missions giving continues 
to rise. And by the way, I believe this year, or 2017, was probably one of the first years that we ended the year really strong on missions. Normally, you all get excited about missions at our missions emphasis. We're excited throughout the summer. Everything's going great. And then we start Christmas shopping. I'm just being honest with you. Normally, that's what's happened. We get to the end of the year, and suddenly our missions giving, our mission support kind of falls off a little bit. But in 2017, we didn't see that happen. You all continued to be faithful to missions. Thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you for reaching beyond yourself. Thank you for grabbing a hold of the heartbeat of God and loving this world so much that you give. So here's my question. Should we just... Settle there. I mean, come on, we're giving fifty-five to seventy thousand dollars to missions. Should we just say, well, that's that's good enough? I mean, that's o- that's over ten percent of our annual income as a church. We're giving to missions. Basically, we're tithing to missions plus some. That's pretty incredible. So, should we just stop there and say, well, that's enough? We're we're good to go where we are. Let's not add any more missionaries. Let's not add any more support. Let's not do anything else for missions. I don't think that's what we should do. You see, I believe that as long as there are people dying and going to hell, that we are called to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Let me say that again. That needs to sink in a little bit. I believe that as long as there are people every day dying, every moment dying and going to hell, we need to grab a hold of the heartbeat of God. For God so loves every tribe and every nation that he gave. I believe that we need to continue to give, to continue to make an impact. After all, it was Jesus himself that once said this, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, every tribe, every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You know, this week was an interesting week for me. Last week we had our sectional council, a couple weeks ago we had our sectional council where several Assemblies of God pastors from our area gather together and every time we get together, missionaries that are looking for support bombard those meetings. And they were passing out their flyers, it was kind of like, you know, going to Sam's Club, you've ever been to Sam's Club and they had those samples? Come on somebody for the samples at Sam's Club. And I lived in St. Charles, sometimes I would eat lunch. At Sam's, just getting samples. Good times. Anyway, sidetracked. So we're heading, we're at this meeting and all these missionaries are in, and they begin one at a time handing us their information, handing us their card. One of us, one of them even enticed us a little bit. They hooked their card to a cinnamon roll. That was the smartest missionary ever. By the way, any missionaries that are watching today, I really like chocolate. All right, let's move on. So to date, over the last couple of weeks, I've had missionaries that have approached me. I've gotten packets in the mail, not just for missionaries that were at that meeting that day, but other missionaries. I've had missionaries that I don't even know that have called the church. It's almost like they're a little bit like Google. Have you ever noticed that when you're sitting around and you just happen to be talking about something, suddenly on your Facebook or on your Amazon Prime or, or whatever, these ads start popping up and maybe you, maybe you say, you know what, I really need to go out and buy a new whatever, toothbrush. 
And then suddenly that afternoon, you get advertisements for toothpaste and toothbrushes. Have you, have you noticed that? I really believe our missionaries have tapped into that uh, technology because I have been getting call after call. In fact, to date, I have 10 missionaries that have contacted me over the last couple of weeks that have said, you know what? I need support. And I look at that number and I think, wow, in 2017, we brought on six new missionaries. I've already got a list of 10, and that's not including all the brand new missionaries that are going to be presented at district council this year. And I thank God, how are we going to do this? You see, if we don't support them, they can't go. And if they don't go, then how are we going to reach every tribe, every nation? I mean, we, we support a lot of missionaries. We'll talk about some of those in just a minute. I believe that much of the reason why Bethel Assembly is seeing the growth as a congregation, numerically and, and spiritually, I believe a lot of that has to do with the fact that we're grabbing a hold of the heart of God. For God so loved the world that he gave. But here's what I find exciting. Missions just, just doesn't happen down here. It's not just something that happens in the adult service on Sundays. It's not just something that we emphasize down here. Missions runs through the DNA of Bethel Assembly. Our children and our youth are continuously involved in missions. Our students and Bethel kids, and more specifically right now, Illuminate kids. Man, I have a hard time calling them Illuminate kids. That's what they've been called for like six years. Illuminate kids, every month on a Sunday evening, they emphasize and they highlight missions. Our empowered kids are going to be starting that very, very soon over the next few weeks, I believe. Next month. They're going to be starting highlighting missions. Why? Why are we doing that? Because I believe that if we can instill the heartbeat of God in the youngest, train up a child in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. If they grab a hold of the DNA and the heartbeat of God at a young age and they understand the importance of go you therefore into all the world and share the good news of Jesus Christ. If they understand the every tribe and every nation, if they wrap themselves around that as a two and three and four and five and six and seven year old, what's going to happen when they get our age? 21. You know, it's worth an effort. <laughs> Might as well give it a shot. <laughs> Their missions endeavor in our children's area is called BGMC, Boys and Girls Missionary Challenge. But we don't take a break between our kids and the adults. Our youth are also highly involved in missions. Our youth pastors have a big heart for missions. Our, in our youth room, they have a youth store. The proceeds from that go to missions. They take a weekly offering, and that goes toward missions. And their endeavor is called Speed the Light. And they're going to talk more about that in just a moment. Let's watch a quick video that highlights our children and our youth in this church. Hi guys, Miss Tanya here with my friend Buddy Barrel. We're here to talk to you today about BGMC. BGMC stands for the Boys and Girls Missionary Challenge. This is the Assemblies of God name for children to give to missions. And let me tell you what, these kids love missions. 
So $8.3 million was given through BGMC in the year 2017. What do we do with all that money? Well, we send that money out to missionaries around the world, and they use that for the materials they use to teach children and adults about the love of Christ. So what do we do here at Bethel Assembly when we do BGMC? Well, once a month on the first Sunday, we have a missions emphasis, a different country from around the world. We learn about food, games, culture, all the wonderful things that happen in those countries and how much those people need Jesus. And our kids give faithfully every single month. So ask your kids to tell you about what they've learned in BGMC lately. Thank you. And now we're going to pass it to Pastor Ryan, and he's going to talk to you about Speed the Light. BGMC, we want to thank you for providing Jesus films for the children of Iceland in the Icelandic language. Our BGMC money helps us do Vacation Bible School in Rome, Italy with hundreds of kids. Guys, what's up? Pastor Ryan here. I'm here to tell you about Speed the Light. Speed the Light is the Assemblies of God vein for missions for our teenagers, 7th to 12th grade, to give to missions. It's amazing. Speed the Light gives creatively to missionaries anything they need to get the gospel message out. They've bought donkeys in the past. They've bought wheelbarrows in the past. Most notably, they give vehicles to missionaries to get to remote places. They bought bicycles. They buy sound equipment. They buy projectors. Anything the missionary needs to get the gospel message out, Speed the Light buys it for the missionary. That's what our teenagers sponsor. So what do we do here at Bethel Assembly to help uh, support Speed the Light? Well, we have a Speed the Light store in our youth room. We sell, we sell these shirts right here. They say Speed the Light on them. We sell various Ignite shirts. We sell pop every week. We we like to give your kids hyped up on caffeine, Mountain Dew, all that stuff. But the proceeds go to Speed the Light. It, um, they... They believe me, they love their pop. But guys, it's all for Speed the Light. And also, each week we take up an offering for Speed the Light because we love missions. In fact, we love missions so much and we love Speed the Light so much that last year we teamed up with another church to help buy missionaries that we support that are in the Silk Road area of the world a vehicle. So when they landed, they have access to it. Isn't that amazing? Because of our students' faithful giving, we're able to help buy a vehicle with another church. Guys, ask your students, ask your kids about Speed the Light. See what they can tell you. We love missions. There's probably not a week that goes by that we don't highlight Speed the Light. So thank you so much and have a blessed day. If it wasn't for my Speed the Light vehicle, I might as well pack and go home because I'd be shut down with what I can do. This uh, vehicle has enabled me to go places that would be impossible otherwise. Amen. Isn't that awesome? Just the opportunity for our young people, our, our students, to be a part of something so much larger than themselves. In a society and a culture that would tell you, look out for yourself and, and fend for yourself, we're raising up a generation of young people that sees the importance of reaching out to reaching the lost at any cost, of, of sharing the gospel with those around them. I love that the DNA of missions continues even in our young people of Bethel Assembly. Our students truly believe in missions. But what does that mean for us as adults? So let me remind you once again that missions is not just a Bethel Assembly thing. Missions is not just an Assemblies of God thing. Missions is from the heart of God. God loved so much that he, he gave. What did he give? He gave us life. He gave us forgiveness. He gave us hope. He gave us deliverance. He gave us eternity. Ultimately, he gave us Jesus. 
So this morning, very quickly, let me give you two observations of God's heart for missions. Two things that I see from the scripture about God's heart for missions. Number one, what is included in my mission field? What's included in my mission field? I'm not just talking about me personally. I'm talking about you as well. What's included in your mission field? Now, I've titled this morning's message, Find Your Tribe. The emphasis, again, every tribe and every nation. I said, find your tribe. Why did I do that? Because I believe that we all have a role to play in missions. Look at your neighbor this morning and say, that includes you. Every one of us has a role to play. Mark chapter 16, verse 15 says this. And then he, or Jesus, told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Did you see what I saw? Every tribe, every nation. So what is included in your mission field? What's included in my mission field? Here's what I've discovered. That depends on you. According to Jesus, we are to share the good news throughout the world. That's why we need missionaries. But you see, it's not here or there. It's got to be here and there, every tribe, every nation. In other words, all people everywhere deserve the opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Well, pastor, what if they decline the good news? Here's what I've discovered. Their eternal destination is not yours to decide. What if they tell me no? What if they reject that moment? That's not for you to decide. It's your responsibility to go and share the good news with every tribe and every nation. It's their choice rather to accept or reject. Our mission, our calling, is to go to make an impact for the kingdom of God. Let me tell you a little story about a a young girl. See, this young girl grew up in a non-Christian home. Her name was Teresa, Teresa Burnside. Teresa grew up in a non-Christian home, and suddenly one day, the church in her community gave her the opportunity to come to church. They would pick her up on the church bus every Sunday. Teresa Burnside began to get on that church bus each and every week, and As the time went along, she ended up giving her life to Christ. But here's what's interesting about Teresa. Again, she was the only Christian. And to this date, I talked to her this week. To this date, she is still the only Christian in her family. But it wasn't long into that time of her going to church and being picked up on the church bus that God began to do something new in her life. You see, she surrendered her life to Him. She dedicated her life to Jesus Christ. But it doesn't stop there. God also called her to be a missionary, a missionary to Honduras. In fact, she, now Teresa Vasquez, and her husband, Freddie, are the missionaries that we get to go and hang out with this coming June in Honduras. Let's take just a moment. Let's hear a little bit from Teresa. Hey Bethel Assembly, Pastors Chris and Angie Gray, this is Teresa Vasquez representing the Vasquez family, your missionaries to Honduras. Just wanted to take a moment to give you a quick update about what God's been doing here in Honduras. 
The last year and a half, we've been working with the Tolupan community. It's an indigenous people group located about four and a half hours outside of the capital city of Tegucigalpa. And we are happy to tell you that we have just now officially turned that work over to a national Honduran couple that are missionaries here in Honduras. And they'll be taking over that work. And to wrap everything up, we are going to build a church in an area called Tagamuasapas. It's about an hour and a half to two hour walk from the Tolupan community. And many people in that area and that community have expressed a desire to have their own church because they've been walking uh, one and a half to two hours to be a part of our services in the Tolupan community. So we're excited about that. That same pastor will uh, continue on with that work, pastoring both of those communities. As we kind of switch gears, now we are partnering with uh, four different pastors that fill a call to plant a church in an area called Olancho. It's a huge part of Honduras. If you get the opportunity to look at a map um, that is really unreached for the most part, and uh, the pastors have told us that it's it's kind of an area that's been really overlooked by the national church. They haven't had any missionaries in that area that have really committed to, to going. That You know, they've had missionaries come and preach, but nobody who's really committed to seeing the work go forth. So we are happy to be partnering alongside of them. One of the communities, it will be the very first evangelical church ever that they've had in, in that area. And so we're really excited um, about that opportunity. We continue to work along uh, the Patuca River. Uh, we just began uh, working along that river in 2018, right now, this new year. And we are working also with a new people group, the Petch. And uh, just excited about what God's doing here. We are so looking forward to you guys. Uh, coming and partnering with us and experiencing Honduras. And we are just believing God for great things. We know he is going to work in you and through you. And we are counting down the days until we see you in June. God bless. Amen. Let me ask you again, who's in your tribe? I would venture to say that that bus driver that picked Teresa Burnside up every Sunday morning had no clue that one day she'd become a missionary. I have a feeling that that Sunday school teacher or that kids worker that invested in Teresa every single Sunday had no idea of what her impact would yield in the harvest over the generation and generation in Teresa's life and now in those in Honduras. I challenge you today to stretch your tent stakes and let God broaden your mission field. Broaden that which you have in front of you. It was Carl Henry that once made this statement. The gospel is only good news if it gets there in time. The gospel is only good news if it gets there in time. We're going to talk in a few moments about some practical ways to get involved in missions. Look at our second observation. If God gave, should I? For God so loved the world that he gave. If God gave, should I? I, I love the Bible because oftentimes the Bible has an easy way, a quick way of responding to the questions that we have in life. John chapter 20, Jesus is speaking. He says this, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Who does that include? Every one of us. The moment that we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are changed in that moment. We change 
teams. We are grafted into the family of God. That means the same DNA that runs through the veins of God Almighty, the same DNA that challenged God to give, to make an impact upon us, to give us a way out, that same DNA that runs through his heart and through his life suddenly is a DNA that runs through our veins. We're changed in a moment. Therefore, the passion for missions, it should in fact become a passion in our lives as well. Now, I love this next missionary. I want to show you another video today. I met this missionary several years ago. Again, he knows how to get to the heart of a real pastor. As I was walking the the hallways at District Council one year, this particular missionary had his booth there and many people had already made their way into the service and I was kind of straggling my way in because oftentimes I get sidetracked talking with people and I was on my way in and something caught my eye on Harold's table. He not only had candy bars, but he had full-size Snickers on his table. You better believe I stopped for a moment There's only one thing that draws my eye more than free ink pens at a conference. It's free candy bars. So I I stopped and began to talk to Harold. He was a newly appointed missionary at that time. It was 2016. Newly appointed missionary. They were heading to Wales. And, And a funny story, I was actually contemplating supporting another person that was going to Wales that actually had been at Wales for several years. And I began to talk with Harold and understood his heart and his passion for the people. And that year, we as a church brought Harold and Katie on as missionaries. Let's take a listen to what God is doing in Wales. Hey, Bethel Assembly. This is Harold Campbell on location here in Perfilly, Wales. Right behind me is Bedwist Pentecostal Church. Um, Katie, myself, and Mercy, plus uh, missionaries Brian and Missy Elliott, we're looking to revitalize this church within this community. This church has been here over 50 years, and a lot of people in this community don't even know we exist anymore. And so our jobs are to revitalize this church and intentionally reach out into this community. And one of the ways we're going to do that is right right next to us is where we're going to build a cafe. And right by the cafe, right behind us, is the high school and three times a day the high schoolers will walk by us to go to school to leave for lunch and to go home and we're going to be there to provide them with food with drinks but most importantly we're going to be there to provide relationships that lead them to christ and let them know that christ is alive because so many people here don't even understand the difference that he makes in their lives so bethel assembly thank you for your prayers and support we truly wouldn't be here without you Why am I taking the time this morning to show you videos of missionaries? Again, I believe the Bible answers that question. And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? How will the remote tribes in Africa hear unless a missionary is sent? How will the students on a college campus at MSU or MU or other universities, how will they ever hear the good news of Christ unless a missionary is sent? How will the children on the streets in Honduras come to know Christ as their personal Savior unless a missionary is sent? 
You see, we can talk the talk all day long, but talk alone never sent a missionary. It takes accepting the challenge. It takes action on your part and on my part. For God so loved the world that he gave. It doesn't say for God loved the world that he thought about giving. For God so loved the world that he talked to others in heaven about giving. But God so loved the world that he gave. It takes accepting the call to be missional for the cause of Christ. Ultimately, it takes the acceptance of the DNA that runs through the veins of God on your part and on my part so that every tribe and every nation can come to know him. So how do you get involved in missions? Let me share this with you very quickly. Number one, begin to pray for the spiritually lost. Begin to pray for those that are dying every single day and splitting the gates of hell wide open. That list may include people in our community. It may include your family members, your neighbors, our nation, people all around the world. It's important to begin to make the list, but it's not enough just to make a list. Begin to pray. And maybe you want to make that list on the back of your outline today. Maybe you want to stick that list on the bathroom mirror in your house, or maybe stick it on the dash of your car. And as you're driving to work, pray for the spiritually lost, but begin to pray. The second thing, invite them to church. Anybody can do this. Every one of us can do this. It's not overly difficult It might take you out of your comfort zone. Some of you might be a little bit more reserved and it's a little more difficult for you to invite somebody. But here's what I've discovered. If you claim to be a Christian, then we're called to go and make a disciple of those around us. We give you the opportunity in the back today as you are leaving. Our ushers will be by the back door and we have some invite cards Guess what? Easter is right around the corner. There are people that will come to church on Easter that will never darken the doors of a church the rest of the year. Why not begin to impact them? Why not begin to invite them for Easter Sunday morning? By the way, we got some really cool stuff set up for Easter Sunday morning. We're going to have free donuts on Easter We're going to have a golf cart that's shuttling people to the front door on Easter. We're going to have a passion painter sitting up here during worship, painting pictures of Jesus. Won't that be cool? We have all sorts of things in store for Easter Sunday morning. Invite your friends. Grab a pack of these cards. It tells you what's happening. We have an egg drop The fire truck's going to come out here and we're going to drop thousands of eggs for our kids just to bombard so that we can hype them up on sugar and send them home with you. (laughs) It was suggested that we hide empty eggs this year because Easter happens to be on April 1st and that way when the kids open the eggs, we can go, April Fools! But I told Pastor Ryan that wasn't very nice. So we're going to fill them full of candy. It's going to be a a great time. But guys, let me encourage you. Invite your neighbors, your coworkers, your family. Invite that lady that pours that cup of coffee for you every Monday morning at the donut shop. Invite those around you. Don't just pray. Put feet to your prayers and begin to invite. Romans chapter 10 verse 13 says this. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be, say it with me, saved. 
Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say, well, I'm just too far gone. I've made too many mistakes. I've messed up too much. God can't love me. Listen carefully. God loves everyone. For God so loved the world. That's everybody. That's the good, the bad, the ugly. For God so loved everyone that he gave. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have not heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? verse we read just a moment ago and how will anyone go and tell them without being sense see it all goes together will you tell them will you invite them will you give them that opportunity to receive jesus as their lord and savior if we don't tell them they may never know if they never hear They will never know. It is time to begin to act upon the call that God has given us so that every tribe and every nation can come to know Him. We make a prayer list and we begin to pray. We invite them to join us at church. And number three, start supporting missions. For God so loved the world that He gave.